Blog Talk Radio. Screw it. Gary Carter, Hall of Famer and former Mets legend. Two and a half million people that were on Broadway cheering for us and celebrating along with us. That's something that was one of the most exhilarating moments in my my life, in my career. Former Mets pitcher, World Series champion Gary Gentry. You don't think about the World Series, you're there. As long as we're here, we might as well win, right? Jerry Kuzman. And you watch two, three years down the line, everybody's pitching that way. It doesn't make it right. Nolan Ryan. When you get traded, I think it's that time. It's disappointing that you feel like mainly the organization that you came up with and you really feel a commitment and ownership to them, you probably get your feelings hurt a little. Chris Benson, who was a big student of the game and studied hitters and video. We're joined by Hall of Fame pitcher Phil Necro. Charlie Huff joining us. Rick Peterson joined us. I just want to act like a big market team in New York City. I don't need a $140 million payroll just to say we have it. I'm Matt Fad this morning. I'm joined by Steve Singer. What are your stuff with buddies the last night? I, you know, because I'm in D.C., I get the Nationals uh, broadcast, and they were raving about Christina's hitting. No. You know, <laughs> Gene Anthony. When he had Wheeler the first yeah. game, 114 pitches, freaked me out. I don't know if Dusty Baker called him and said, hey, you want to ruin your pitching staff? Because um, I, I got a great plan. We had fire and wood, and I, and I virtually just killed him. Stephen Keene from Crane Pool Society. Come on, we're not, you know, I know the ownership thinks we're idiots. Now you're going to think we're idiots, and then you want to know what people can't stand. Nick Kalidas, what I want them to do is clear the whole outfield out. Just let it be, just be Duda. I want to see Duda in the center, but like ultra center, where he's just playing all three positions. And let him lead off. I want to see as much Duda as I possibly can. Yo, anus. I can't believe it, guys. I can't believe it's happening. It's true, isn't Yo, it? Anus. Somebody pinch Yo, me. Anus. Yo, anus. Joined by my colleague, Dave Singer, Mr. Yo, Gene Anthony. Yo, Anus. Yo. <laughs> and possibly Gene Keenan, Rachel Society. Um, that's right. We're, we're flying high. Guys. Hello. How are you doing today? How are you doing, Yo, Anus? Yo. <laughs> yo, Adrian, I did it. <laughs> Oh, I want someone to tell Sylvester Stallone saying yo anus. I really, I have to have that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Well, um, all right. So it is August 27th, and it looks like uh, we have chopped down the big Russian, and he has fallen. Um, So let's let's, let's start start with you, Mr. Dave. Uh, How are you feeling today? Dude, I'm a little bit punch drunk. Uh, I've been kicked. I've been beaten. Uh, uh-huh. not, I'm feeling great, dude. How could you not love being six and a half games up on mm. a floundering 
Washington Nationals team and just the way we've been hitting and playing defense and running and pitching. I mean, it's just amazing. So I'm as high as a kite, brother. Mm-hmm. Hey, Gene. I'm drunk as a skunk. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Yo, anus. Yo, anus. <laughs> uh, Slounder tastes pretty good right now, doesn't it? Actually, I was looking for a losing streak because I figured if we started losing, we'd get together and podcast. So um, <laughs> and then I said, screw it. Maybe I thought maybe the whole hour we would just be silent because we have nothing to complain about. I mean, we talk about maybe the minor leagues. The minor leagues aren't up to snuff, but uh, it's like a totally different baseball team. Totally. That, doesn't, it's funny. I, I think we started this, I think, back right around the collapse and uh, something r- right around then. And, um, you know, this might be the first first time we've ever done a podcast where um, where the team has been any good. That's really yeah, wild. The it's actually year, true. Team, yeah, mm-hmm. the beginning of the year, good team was different than this good team. The beginning of the year was mm-hmm. scraping, scratching, clawing. These guys are just beating them over the head. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's nice. <laughs> It's a nice little change. That's uh, that's for sure. Well, um, man, let's let's for a crazy change here. Let's 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 kind of get into some of the positives before we get into any of the any of the critiques at all. Honestly, um, what do you think? I mean, beyond the stuff that's been kind of widely talked about, the Flores moment, everything else. I mean, what? What do you think changed here? Um, is it just was it just literally a couple of moments? Do you think this was going to be inevitable regardless? Um, obviously, it was helped along by the trades, but um, what, what do you think? What do you do? You, do you see anything else having caused this other than just the trades? Either one of you guys take it. Dave, you were on first, my man. You go. All right, brother. Yeah, and I think I think it hey. is definitely a, a combination. Combination. Mm-hmm. So. Of course, the trades helped, but you also had, you know, four really coming into his own as a pitcher. Uh, the bullpen was solid. You know, and then you start getting guys back. You know, getting Travis Darno back was great. I, and, look, I know Steve loves Kowecki. We all love his defense. But the guy was hitting with shit. Yeah, Kadir up here, suddenly you got a legit number six hitter in your, in your lineup. And that's huge. That's the middle of the order, you know. Um, so it's just a combination for me. It's momentum. They're good guys. You know, we're playing a, a very easy schedule. You know, people don't want to hear that necessarily, but it's true. And uh, so it's like the perfect storm of good, which in years past we've had the perfect storm of crap. So I'm just, I'm just so thrilled. Well, Dave, is a, you know, even though we say an easy schedule, we're we're only looking at this one month in a bubble. But you know, it comes down to it. Um, everybody in the division kind of plays a very similar schedule over the course of the season. So we we already took a lot of our games against the better teams. So in yeah. reality. Even though, let's say, we're beating up on some bad teams, this is a better and more true reflection of what the team actually is. If you think about it, if they treaded water against against the better teams and now they have the advantage of the softer part of their schedule, I mean, other teams just played these teams beforehand. So, you know, like yeah, I, I just I, think it's it's set up to, to kind of like be a caveat. But the, I see – I hear like a lot of that stuff. I also hear a lot of people talking about, well, we – you know, we didn't we competed, but we didn't really beat the Pirates and kind of over the Cubs and thinking, well, that's an omen for the playoffs. Meanwhile, they kind of ignore that we beat the Dodgers and we beat, you know, like in other words, we beat the West Coast teams and the Dodgers are supposedly even better than the than um, than the Pirates and Cubs in theory. 
you know, so it just seems like it's it's funny, but like it just takes a little time to shake off the negativity. <laughs> it really does, I think. Yeah, well, so so two quick points on on that. Mm-hmm. One, sure. I think it's easier to beat bad teams later in the season. When you get into the dog days of August, then those mm-hmm. teams are like twenty five games under five hundred. They're done. They're they're just playing out out the strength, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's it's much easier. I mean, in in April or May, you know, everyone mm-hmm. thinks they have a chance. So there's that. But then you know. I, I don't portend that anything we're doing now is going to impact the playoffs at all. I, I don't think losing the Pirates makes the Hill of Beans difference because that is a different season. When you have what wins in the playoffs, and you can look these numbers up, power arms win in the playoffs. Soft stuff doesn't. Guys get are, are amped up. Uh, soft, soft tossing pitchers, you know, being amped up is not good. Power arms mm-hmm. work in the playoffs. I mean, look at Greg Maddox and Glavin. They were pretty abysmal in the playoffs. Um, so I think the Mets' chances are phenomenal, you know, provided we get in and it looks like we will. <laughs> hey, uh, Gene, What's do up, you I, you have the same confidence uh, that Dave has as far as the looks like we'll get in <laughs> kind of a thing? Um, I mean, it's, it's, are you worried at all, you know, with any sort of remnant kind of feelings about, you know, about the history we have with Leeds or uh, – are you um, are you just as confident? Dave and I share nothing. I'll tell you that right now. So um, <laughs> we share a love for Yoenis. Actually, uh, you know, if, if you go by baseball history, um, this starting pitching staff, and they've done it all year, is supposed to keep mm-hmm. you out of long losing streaks, and long losing streaks is what leads to collapses. Um, it's not, you know, uh, two and threes. If, if you look back to our collapse, we were monumentally bad. And we were monumentally bad in the starting pitching. I mean, it was, those guys were not capable of really being stud guys. So, um, And the cool thing is we only have one person on this team that was on that team. And, you know, right. for, the, for the most part. So all of that is these guys don't – Uribe, uh, Kelly Johnson – they don't, you know, Harvey, they don't think about losing. That's not in their vocabulary. Remember when Gentry was on and he talked about they won all through the minor leagues. When they got to the mm-hmm. World Series, they weren't surprised. They they figured we're going to win. It's not exactly everybody else right. was surprised. So, I, you know, I'm confident, but there's always a part of me that's let's just play, play it out. And I, and I disagree a little bit with these teams. I'm always nervous playing the teams that have nothing to lose. They're running first and third, nobody out. They're doing all kinds of things because this is becomes their playoffs. So it's not that easy to beat crappy, crappier teams other than on the field, right? But they can take some chances and do some things. And, you know, this was Casey Stengel's – this was his – when he was with the Yankees. Um, but this was his mantra. You know, you beat up on the poor teams and you keep your head above water of the good teams and you should make the playoffs. It's going to be interesting in the playoffs now because if they do make it, you have a young, young pitching staff that's, you know, it's their first go around in major league playoffs. So um, it'll be, it's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun down the stretch. It's going to be the first of many of too. That's a, that's the other thing, guys. Well, ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully, I think well, Washington yeah. thought the same thing a couple of years ago. <laughs> that's the first Seems of like many. It, the dynasty, dynasty's beginning. <laughs> it, you know, I'll so. tell you what. The the one cool thing you can really look at here, if you're looking, and, and I know it's kind of risky to look ahead like this, but if you look at the playoffs, um, possibly with the young staff, 
you know, and again, I'm, I haven't, I, I don't claim to have sat and researched this much, but in the, at least the, the few times I can think of where I remember young staff or some young pitchers getting into the postseason, generally they pitch very well. Um, even, yeah. I mean, if, if you, I mean, forget about, let's say, like the 69 Mets, which is the, the classic example. Um, but if you even look at, um, you know, like the, our 80s team, you know, that 86 was the first time they smelt the playoffs. And they went all the way, and the pitching staff did wonderfully. You know, I mean, there's a few clunkers in there, but for the most part, they did great. And you know, and a lot of these young guys, like I remember, K. Rod had his probably best moments in with the Angels in that very first half season. He got brought up, you know, in that playoff run. And you know, there's a litany of things you can think of like that of people that made giant splashes the minute they came up. Like it wouldn't even shock me if Matts ended up being a huge figure in the playoffs, maybe coming in yeah. as a reliever or something. So sometimes really you can make is, their... Go, go ahead. ahead. Go I'm, sorry, man. I'm sorry. No, but no, it's just saying that sometimes like the, the youth and experience is, is great. You know what I mean? Like sometimes they don't know what they're in. Yeah, and this isn't Ali Perez youth. This isn't, you know, this is, you're talking power, power arms. And the other mm-hmm. night on the broadcast, they said this, you know, this is Philadelphia's one of their best prospects, and he's, and he's hitting 93, which prospects mm-hmm. hit. All the Mets guys are 95-plus. I mean, mm-hmm. and you throw in that little adrenaline, you're going to be seeing triple digits if these guys, you know, it, it's a very different young staff. It's not Glavin and Maddox young. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know, mm-hmm. five smolts, uh, four smolts, you know, uh, really <laughs> power, power arms. I thought it was pronounced smolts. Oh, that's a smolts. Smolts. You, you know, for what it's worth, too, you know, Ali, Ali Perez and John Main pitched all right in 2006. Yeah. That wasn't, you know, the, it really wasn't the reason why we lost. I mean, they, in fact, that might be the best that, that Oliver Perez ever pitched for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm confident. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying it, but, I mean, this, I, again, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to this and forget that I said the Duda thing. But, I mean, I, I thought we were going to win this division early in the year based on, on this kind of stuff. And I know we all kind of agreed in, in the respect of if they ever decided to bring in a player, <laughs> then everything changes. And it's, it's just amazing to see it play out exactly that way. I mean, we were just a bat, bat or two away, apparently. Um, so let me ask you this, you guys this. I mean, so now what – Obviously, we, we jumped out to this lead, and it's going to be difficult for Washington to catch us. But in general, um, looking at the teams on paper now and how they kind of line up. Now, I realize the offseason is going to kind of indicate all sorts of different things, and I, we have a whole postseason to get through. But in general, how do you see the Mets and Washington stacking up against each other at this point from a talent perspective? I think you know, it's tough. I mean, on paper, you know, the Nats are a better team, you know, on paper. I'll say that. But the Mets are a better team. They're composed better. I think they're better people. Uh, well, from a talent perspective, a, though, from a talent, talent perspective, I, I know when, talent, when we look at the yeah. career, uh, but if you if you also take age into consideration how people kind of regress, I mean, do you, do, you re, do you believe that, let's say, all the – I mean, they're more famous players on the Nats, but do you believe that all those players are – um, just maybe because they came back from injury or whatever else, do you think they're just re- starting to reach their peak again? Or do you feel like, do you think that there's any regression there where the talent level is actually a lot closer than anyone expected? 
No, no. I, I mean, every team goes through everything. But you look at the Nets, you know, the original question, you know, on paper, mm-hmm. I mean, right. I think they're a better team. I, they have better players. Um, you know, Zimmerman, you know, he's struggling this year mightily, but he's a good player. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Espinosa, Ian Desmond, Jason Worth, Bryce Harper, you know, probably will win the MVP this year. I know uh, McCutcheon is making a big run at it. But, mm-hmm. you know, Bryce Harper has got like a 200 ops plus. I mean, the guy's just, you know, dynamite. And then you look at that pitching staff, Scherzer. Uh, Dunk Fister, Zimmerman, Strasburg, and these are good pitchers. So on paper, I think the Nationals are a better team, but, but I will say again, the Mets are a better team. Um, and both teams have had their share of injuries and troubles this year. But the mm-hmm. Mets are just a, better, they're just a better team. I hate Matt Williams. I think he's going to get fired. I read a week ago that, you know, they could have really damaged the Mets by firing Williams and bringing Wally Backman and try to salvage the season for the Nats. I think that would have been a smart choice for them, but they stuck with Matt Williams, and he was a disaster. So we got that going for us. Not that Terry's that great, but mm-hmm. he's not as bad as Williams. Gene, you agree? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree that the Mets have a better team. Um, on paper, you have probably more superstars. I mean, you do have perhaps the best, or, or if not top three guys in the National mm-hmm. League with Harper, even though he's a douche. But mm-hmm. he is a great player. You can't look mm-hmm. at the Mets and say who's their superstar. Cespedes probably is. I mean, that's probably the best guy on this team, position player. Mm-hmm. Position player. Um, you know, it, it, you, you add into this that Duda is on the. You know, Duda's hurt, and we don't miss him at all mm-hmm. because we weren't relying on his home runs now. And it is mm-hmm. a team effort. You know, my father used to cue me into this in the '80s. He used to love to watch the dugout. And you, like tonight, when the home runs were hit, you saw the guys that weren't playing record. They were as excited as the guys on the field. Like, it was a big deal to them. Like, they just want to – they just want to win. Uribe's not a great baseball player. He's a great defender. I didn't know he was that good. I mean, watching him. Kelly Johnson isn't – but they bring that balance, and the team has balance. They have depth. Nick, you talked about Mm -hmm. this team not having depth for seasons. They have mm-hmm. they can relax some of the guys. They have a couple of pieces now where they can platoon, and it's a healthy platoon. You're seeing Kadir come back and hit because they have that depth. They have a better – they just want to win at all costs. They don't care whether they hit the ball 500 feet or not. And the Nationals are going to try to do it through their superstars, and they do. If you look on paper and all the stats, they have better guys. Well, but I wait like, a minute. I like the team. I, you know what? I, I gotta, I gotta disagree with you guys. And and look, maybe maybe I'm totally off, but I mean, if you guys can humor me for one minute, can we just go through the Nationals really quickly? Because that my my point it was the same kind of point I was making earlier in the year, which is I think that as long as we got another bat and we kind of fi- finished the team, like I've been screaming about for years here, that I think position by position, I just think we're better than they are. I, I sincerely believe that. And that's why we're six games up because we're, I don't think it's a fluke. And if you look at it, all right, if, let me ask you, I, I'm going to just, just pull out a play, each player from, from their roster right now. Um, you guys just tell me yes or no, if, if they're better than the guy that the Mets are is starting. So at first base, no, would you take, would you take Zimmerman or Duda right now? Zimmerman. Uh, yeah, I think right I now, would. Right now, probably, next year. 
he's he's a he's a bigger clutch player. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, what are we going to do? Turn into Nationals homers? Um, but I like I like Zimmerman. I, he's he's yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Dave, yeah. That's a toss up to me. At, fr- at first toss-up. base yeah. too. All right, yeah, toss, up. toss up. So let's say toss up at first. Okay, second base, Anthony Rendon or Daniel Murphy. Rendon. Well, isn't isn't Espinosa the starter? Danny Espinosa. Well, supposedly Rendon is the is the guy that has the most at bats. I mean, he had 600 at bats last year. Rendon, yeah. just to kind of just to throw it out there, he's had one good season, which yeah. was last year, and he's he hasn't had any other experience. Daniel Murphy's performed yeah. better over a longer period of time. So I mean, you guys can, yeah, I mean, can take I Rendon if you either, want. But, either one, regardless, yeah. Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, Murphy, and Espinosa, yeah. like if you look at his career as well, there's no he's much worse than Murphy. <laughs> so either one that they're starting, it's either a yeah. toss up or I think the Mets can have an edge there. Shortstop, I mean you can say yeah. Ian Desmond, all right, that's the obvious yes. one. But yes. but for but that nope, said though, I mean it's Desmond. look at his year. Look what look he's at his year. Shit, he's a shit year, but how are you gonna take uh Rubidata over Ian Desmond Well, I mean it depends it depends if you're talking about Todd or Flores, because Flores is having a better year than Desmond right now. Yeah, you know, hit 229, man. 15 homers, 229, 47 ribbies. Now, because he has the, right, the career right, Nick, stats. Nick, I get Nick, it. I, Nick, I would agree Nick. with you, though. Three silver sluggers in a row for Dean Desmond, and he's having a bad year this year. Okay. But that's so the I, guy I, that I, I'll like, give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, of course, on. I'll give you Come that. On. All right. Come all on. Right, all right. All right. All right. I'll give you that. But I'm just saying, <laughs> Todd. I know. I'm not arguing Tahada. I'm not. I, no matter what, I'm not. All right. Third base, though, Escobar or Wright or whomever's going to play there. Honestly, I, I mean Escobar. I, I'm the, Wright's performed better when he's missed half years. I think you got to give David Wright. David or Wright, honestly, right? there's no question. Yeah. Okay. Or, or whoever's playing in Wright's place, to be honest with you. All right. So right now, you know, Escobar, you know Escobar's a journeyman. He's a journeyman. Okay. He's, Decent player, but he's he's, he's a wanderlust guy. He's been on like five teams, and I got right superstar, no doubt. All right, so we got so in the the infield. We got two washes, and each team's got one so far. So the catcher, would you take Ramos over um, our guy? Mm, no, I would take Darnell for sure. Yeah, I take Darnell. So it, so would I. Yeah, All Ramos right, so has good power though. That guy has power, but I like Darnell's overall game. Wait, also. you mean Ramos against us or Ramos against the rest of the National League? Yeah. Ramos against us. <laughs> because <laughs> it's hard uh, to beat an 800 hitter. Oh <laughs> uh, hell! All right, so right right around the diamond, you you got two two for us, one for them, and two washes. Then the outfield, would you take Jason Worth or um, who, who are we sticking in left right now, Kadir or Conforto? Either one. But, uh, I would uh, I would say I would go with Cuddy just as the as the comparative player. You know, two, okay. the two old guys, which old guy's better? I like our old guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably I would say that's probably a wash. You know, although I, I kind of if I had to choose, I'd choose a, any of our left fielders because I think Worth is about done. Um, well, let me give and, you an intangible though. Worth is I disagree okay. a little bit. Oh, okay. I think Cuddy's the call. Did he get but, into another one? Uh, almost. No. Almost. I'm on delay. Just the <laughs> to Florida. He, you know, it's com- it's coming though. The blast is okay. coming. Either this inning or next. Um, were you, what, what were you saying about um, about Worth? Dave. Well, yeah. So so Worth is uh, he's a jerk. 
you know, he's not loved by his teammates. He sulks. Mm-hmm. He's not out there hustling. I mean, he signed a big mm-hmm. contract, and he was arrested mm-hmm. for driving 140 miles an hour here. I don't know if you guys heard about that. He's just kind of dick. I like Knider, man. He's a nice guy. He's a, he's a good clubhouse guy. You know, he's, yeah, we like he's the guys well winning. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, well, you know I'm what, just, though? He's getting spelt by Conforto, and Conforto, to me, is still performing better than Worth this year as well. So I think even when, when we you know, when we go between them, I, I think that their depth chart and left isn't comparable to ours. Yep. But I mean we let's let's wash that. You know, let's just wash out left field, right? Center field. Denard Span or Cespedes? Cespedes. <laughs> yeah. Of All right. But and I, right I, field I would still go with Worth and left. I mean worth down the stretch. Okay. But you think so? Yeah. Well I mean all right. I so so that's I, I, I respect it. Okay, so let, let's you know we, that can that's fine. And you know, center field, I think we got it handily. Right field, you know, no matter what kind of year Granderson is having, Harper gets it. So, right. but right off the bat, there you have you just described an even team, you know. And then the rotation, as much as their rotation is good, I think ours is better, significantly better, because we match Scherzer, Scherzer easy. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, I think Degrom's having a better year. Uh, Zimmerman's not having a great year. I think Harvey's beaten him this year. Um, Strasburg against uh, Syndergaard. Strasburg probably gets an edge. And Gio Gonzalez has been terrible. Ross has been, been average at best. And, you know, I think we have a better end of the rotation. I mean, we, got, we have somebody that's over 10 wins as our fifth starter who's probably not even going to get a playoff start. Yeah. You know, and they, ha- and, you know, they have two arms in the pen. Him. Yeah, and they have two arms in the pen. We have two arms. and no th- <laughs> Neither one has a third arm out there. So I, that's the thing. I, I just don't see – I don't see how that team's any better than ours. I mean, and in fact, I think you, you can make an argument that we're better, um, not without Cespedes, but um, <laughs> that's, that's my point. From a talent perspective, I don't think – I think that, that people are just so used to our team being so bad that it's – we, you know, the talent level just kind of snuck up without, you know, without anyone really realizing it. But I think we're, we're right there with the Nats, if not better. I, I, I agree. I mean, I agree with you player for player like that, but I think we need our guys collectively, and they can survive with their guys carrying. So they Did have they? more of the – Did yeah, they, though? I, I see I, – I, they, they had Harper all year. Some of their, 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 their like, role players got hurt, and they're, yeah, well, you know, they see. weren't able yeah. to keep up with us. And, and our big star, like we lost David Wright, and we lost Wheeler, and you know, we, we're never getting Wheeler back this year, and then we're still six games up. Well, that was all pitching. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Offensively, yeah. I think that they, I, on paper, like Dave said, offensively, mm-hmm. I mean, their pitching isn't far behind at all. I mean, it's not a match. But offensively, I think they have more guys that can carry the team. Right now, we're clicking on all cylinders, and it looks like I don't know, dude. we rely we went, on what, right. What? I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, when we relied on guys, think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you ask in the opening, what we, what's the difference the difference maker? And I'll tell you, mm-hmm. for me, I've been a Sandy supporter all these years, and I was mm-hmm. getting really down on him. And he came mm-hmm. through with, with three miracles, as far as I'm concerned. And there weren't miracles in terms of the players per se, but just in terms mm-hmm. of what this team needed. Either he was really calculating and he played it right, or he's the mm-hmm. super lucky guy. Because... The guys that he brought in have just changed the dynamics of this team offensively. 
And that's all we needed. Like you said, we needed a four-hitter, and we got a legitimate four-hitter, a guy that could scare the crap out of you. Absolutely. You know, for, for what it's worth, I mean, we were a little bit over 500 against largely good teams during the year. Um, and, and really, if you think about it, it's the it's kind of the same thing that the Nationals did, but the Nationals never even lo- never lost a pitcher, and they never lost their best player. They they lost a couple of role players, and I mean I just think that that you know we also went through the toughest part of our schedule with that crappy lineup. You know what I mean? And still, the team stayed above of, above water, which is exactly what great teams do. You know what I mean? And this is what, like, if you look at, like, uh, 1987, if just to take it back to our own history, like, the fact that the whole team was getting hurt, half the rotation got hurt, I mean, it was falling apart, yet, you know, we we were right there at the end um, because that's what good te- good teams win, uh, you know? And I just think that, again, it, it's... It, it, it's almost like <laughs> I just, I just, I'm just making the point that I really, I just think that they are just completely overrated. And a lot of these guys, like we're so used to kind of saying, well, they have a team of all stars. Until you kind of pick it apart and realize it's Bryce Harper and and who and, and Ian Desmond, Jason Worth. I mean, we're not talking about like, Mantle Maze. Yeah. yeah, but Dave, let me ask you guys this. I mean, yeah. First half of the season, five nothing visiting team against us in the first inning. You mentally turn the game off. You know what you're getting. Not mm-hmm. not day sure. one, but five runs. Mm-hmm. That's it. Game's over. And now we're watching this team come back, and they're hitting, and they're you know. So it's a different type of team. Hello, Dave. Dave. Oh. Is that <laughs> oh, wait, no, I'm here. No, I'm here. Hey, no, I was, I, no, I'm here. Yeah, you're right. It, it is a different kind of team. I mean, I, the, the the way the team has evolved, and you know, just it's just a it's just a combination, right? It's one guy building on another guy. It's depth. It's length. It's guys aren't selfish. I mean, it's a it's a good team. It's it's a good team. I like everything about this team right now. I mean, even guys that are going to be coming up for September call-ups, I like. It's just a great team. I, it doesn't get better than this right now. Yeah. And you got your own. You're getting a shirt made that says your anus on it. Oh, my God. It's a cesspitus for the rest of us, uh, for sure. Well, um, man, I, you know, it's funny. Like, I'm, I'm looking for stuff to bring up here, and um, – it's funny. There's just less fuel for a uh, for a ranting and raving podcast when your team is six and a half games up in first place. And, well, and, and it's let's, good though. Let's talk about let's talk about the run. Let's talk about the playoff run. I mean, so we had you know a, a Red Sox series this weekend, kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. We got the Yankee series. We had two National series. I was talking to my buddy yesterday, and, and he's a Nats mm-hmm. fan. He's a diehard. I think he has season tickets actually, and he's like, mm-hmm. dude, those two series against the Mets. That's all the Nets have. They're like they have to win every one of those games. I mean, they're retooling their starting rotation. They, Bryce Harper's chirping about, "I don't care about the Mets." Jason Watson still our division to lose. I mean, they're nervous, dude. So I mean, we're like the 800-pound gorilla right now, and uh, that that is those two series are going to be amazing. You know, in fact, I, when I are heard... we play the Nets? Is that next week? No, no, no. I think it's in in two weeks. I'm pretty sure. Okay. 
And it's funny too. Like I, I read uh, Worth's comments, not Worth's comments, rather uh, Harper's comments, and you know, I think they were taken a little out of context. And the actual full comment um, to me is even worse because it wasn't <laughs> really? just defiant. Yeah, no, because it wasn't just as defiant. Like you know, screw the Mets. You know, we don't care about them. You know, that like it's only about us and and what we can do. It was more something along the lines of of we can't be concerned about what other teams are doing because if we don't start playing better. Um, it is what it is. And then, then he followed up with another line that said something along the lines of, yeah, he, he said, and if we don't make it, what can you do with that's baseball? Wow. <laughs> it's, a, it's a warrior for you. <laughs> you know, he's more passionate when he talks about the pitchers on the Mets he likes. If you, yeah. if you notice that. All right, so yeah, I got I mean, the schedule up. I got, I got the schedule up. So yeah. we got the Red Sox. The uh-huh. Phillies at home, hmm. at the Marlins, we're at the Nationals, we're at the Braves, and the Marlins at home. Dude, I mean, it, it could be game over two weeks from now. I mean, that is not a hard schedule. That There's that nothing there that, that worries me at all. Uh, boy. How far, and let me ask you guys, 15. how far ahead do we need to be to be comfortable during that NAT series? Fifteen. Oh hell! No, I think if we win in what we're, with what we have right now, six and a half, mm-hmm. five. I mean, we're gonna because think about it. It has to be a sweep by them. Even two out of three by them doesn't gain them enough ground uh, to really make a difference. We, you know, the funny thing is, everybody's treating us, you know. Like the Phillies, all of a sudden, they're they're tender about showing up and, and flipping bats when Rollins used to point at our dugout. You know, it's funny now, people are, are reacting to the Mets winning. And it's, you know, we were the team chasing where we had to sweep. We had to sweep two series, and you could win two out of three, and you make virtually no ground up. So five games, you know, that's a solid. Five games with six to play against the Nationals would be key. Oh, yeah. I want us to win that first game against the match in that series. You know, I want mm. Harvey to come out and just go eight innings of three-hit ball with, you know, 11 Ks and just freaking demoralize them. <laughs> it's the same word I had in my head just now. I want, I want to demoralize them too. It's not, not enough just right. to win. You know, just like, you know, it's, I, if you guys feel the same thing, it's so gratifying to do what we've been doing against Philly. Just bashing them, you know, like not and just embarrassing them. It's we owe them, you know what I mean? And, and it would be so. I'll tell you what, not even just for us, would it be just great to see us do this to the moral, to the um, rather um, to the Nats? It's funny. One of the things I love to do, especially when we're having a really good pitching performance or something, I love to log into other teams' message boards and read the game logs, the game threads, <laughs> and watch oh, them react guy? to things. Well, no, I don't comment, but I, I'll tell you what I do, actually. It's funny, not during the game, but usually, like, the next morning with my coffee. Instead of reading the newspaper, I'll just flip through a, a game thread of a DeGrom start or Harvey start, and I'll just kind of enjoy them because they'll – usually most baseball fans are very – you know, they, they bitch real easy, especially the ones that chirp online a lot. And, uh, you know, to hear them say positive stuff about us – um, as opposed to either what they used to say or rather what we used to say about people. It's fun. And the one thing that, that I, I noticed from, um, from Braves fans and from, uh, from Philly fans especially as well, how many people, how many fans hate the Nats to the degree of they're actually rooting for us? 
I mean, it's yeah. funny, even, even a lot of the Philly posts yeah. are kind of like, well, I hope the Mets lose in the first round, but I hope that they smoke <laughs> Bryce Harper. You know, like they just they seem to hate the Nats. So um, it's, it's, well, we're actually going to probably go into this as a team that people are sort of rooting for, or at least happy that we took out the, uh, the more, hated per, more hated team. All right, so let's pick it. What day did the Mets clinch the pennant? Let's have a little contest yeah. here. <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you calling? Nice. Oh, this is a totally different podcast. <laughs> All right, what are we calling, boys? I want some numbers. Oh, oh God. I'm not biting. Uh, we can choose dates here. All right. Well, what do we got? What's the magic number now? I, I can't believe I just said that, but it's what is 32? It, 32 or something? Oh, mm. Jesus oh, my God. We're closer to the All Star game than the All Star. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty two. So that all right, that'll take us what? That'll take us sixteen games to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. I I would say I don't know, let's let's throw out a date here. What about September let's see here. September twenty fifth. How's that sound? Gene? What do you think, Gene? Twenty-fourth. I'm taking my sister's birthday. Is that a home run? No. Twenty-fourth. <laughs> no. <24th. laughs> no. <laughs> All right. The Mets are going to clinch against the Phillies on Tuesday, September 29th. Really? Really? That is the that is the date. Wait. Okay, there will be there'll be six games left in the season when they clinch. So you say September 29th, right? And I will be okay. there. Okay. That's the point of day. I'm driving up, and I'll hang up. Whoever wants to join me, join me. Gene, did you, you said the 24th? You yeah. said the 24th, right? Yeah. You realize that's also when the 69 Mets clinched? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. The exact. What What date did I, what did I say? The 25th? I think I did. 25th. Yeah, 25th. Nick. All right. We'll, we'll get... We'll get the dates from Gene and uh, and uh, remember Matt. <laughs> Matt used to be on this podcast. Oh, I'm, I love that guy. Didn't he? Yeah, didn't I remember he, him. Isn't he? Isn't he an, isn't he an intern uh, working for the Giants now? No, he's a <laughs> Isn't he like a turf uh, the turf tester for uh, Odell Beckham Enterprises? <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, I know you're out there. Come back to us. <laughs> He's hosting a podcast for the for the Texas Rangers. For, for no, no, Nolan Ryan got him away from us. <laughs> and it, isn't Steve doing a podcast for the San Diego Padres and AJ Preller now? <laughs> no, actually, for what I hear with Steve, apparently all the stuff with is that the a home run? is real. Is that a home run? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, all the stuff with Todd is real, so we have to bail Steve out. <laughs> He's incarcerated yeah. right now. <laughs> uh, God help us! Oh boy, uh, what what you know? I know there's a, a ways to go, but how would you guys handle? Um, you know, obviously we need to to find a way to improve the bullpen going into the playoffs, and one one of these guys, some arm is going to go into the pen. How would you? First of all, do you already know kind of what you'd want, and then how would you shape up your rotation to get through September, but also have whatever guy you're thinking of be uh, be ready and fresh. So Max has got to go to the bullpen, and he's going to make wow. one more rehab start. And you need that lefty arm in the pen. And I think he's the guy that, you know, with a month left this season, you can gingerly 
work him in there where he's building up a little strength. He's, you know, warming up there. Uh, but he's he's the guy. He is the guy that's going to be the left-handed flamethrower in the bullpen that we need because we just don't have it. That's the only weakness in the bullpen I see. Well, you know what, Gene, before, before you comment, David, let me just throw one more thing at you here uh, along the lines of Matt's, which I didn't hear being brought up, so I'm not sure if it's thing you thought of. So we obviously, um, you know, he's been obviously on the on the pine getting healthy, and, and he is building up his innings at this point. So a lot of people have mentioned, all right, well, maybe he's a fresh arm. But, you know, I, I'm thinking, like, you know, we got to build him up next year to be able to kind of um, deal with a full season. And that's my my concern is that he's not going to have enough innings this year where we're going to have to actually shut him down next year or do something toward the end of the year because he's not going to he's not going to have pitched enough. So do you actually, as opposed, almost the opposite of thinking, well, we have to conserve all these guys' innings for the you know, and the playoffs might stretch him. Do you almost think maybe the opposite might be in the play for Mats, whereas you almost use the playoffs as an excuse to get him work? on top of the fact that he's a great arm, you know, that he might actually be, be fantastic for us, but it might be better served to have Syndergaard in there just because it'll save his innings a bit. And then we, we still have that maybe the same quality pitcher in, but, you know, it's useful. He'll actually be able to go, go more and go in, into October next year. Yeah, I don't think next year factors at all into that calculus as far as Matt's and what's happening right now, you know, to extend him so he gets a, a longer reach next year. But I mm-hmm. do think that, you know, there's potential to have Matt's in the bullpen just like they gave Logan Vera to start. Maybe he takes a four start. You know, so I think he'll throw, I don't know, I think you're looking at probably, you know, 30 innings, maybe 25 mm-hmm. for, for Matt's okay. in, in September. Uh, and Thor will get a, a rest. Ron might even get a rest, um, especially mm-hmm. if you get, you know, the Mets could clinch it with a week left. But, yeah, I think the playoff rotation set. I honestly do. I think you're going to see those, the big three, and then uh, Nice in case, because, you know, he's, he's a semi-proven commodity and uh, a left-hander. I just don't think Max is going to be a, a starter in the playoffs. Uh, Gene, what what do you think, first of all, of the um, of that whole thought process where Matts might actually benefit from the work? But on top of that, you know, Dave talked about having a lefty in the pen, but at the same respect, I don't know if it's um, – I don't know if it's something where you really it's underutilizing somebody with that sort of talent to be a lefty specialist. You know what I mean? Um, and you know you can also make the, the argument that that um, Nice deserves a start, and it's good to have a lefty in the rotation. And Nice doesn't really bring you much out of the pen as well. Um, whereas maybe having maybe Syndergaard and Mats <laughs> in the pen, uh, having all four relievers might make us a lot stronger. Where are you leaning on all this? Well, because Syndergaard sometimes loses the strike zone, and I'd be nervous about him in the pen, and I think if Max did go to the bullpen, which is kind of iffy because he he does have the injury, you know, that he's coming back from, he wouldn't be a one-person specialist. He'd be an inning guy. So if you had a, a key lefty up, but, you know, the one guy that I, I, I might want to see a little bit more in the bullpen down the stretch is Barrett because of his numbers against hmm. lefties. And I don't know if your biggest bopper is a lefty coming up if you'd say, okay, let's put Barrett in. But let's see how he does. Um, because what they have right now is, to, is to, right now at this point in the season is the weakest part of the team. And had hmm. Bobby Parnell not gotten hurt, he would have been the weakest part of the bullpen. So it's, you know – 
you know, they're looking at Gil Martin too. Um, I'm just the, the young guys. I'm a little nervous about putting them in the pen in the playoffs, um, unless you need them for you know a spot start or an inning. I don't think you're going to see Matt as a, as a lefty specialist. Um, and Syndergaard definitely. I mean, we were getting ahead of ourselves with making the playoffs, but if, if so, he's definitely in there. The guys, I mean, the guys performed too well. But if you think about it, you know, if we were facing teams that had Harvey Syndergaard and DeGrom as their first three, I mean, that's that's unreal even before you get to a, a niece or Matt. And, and I tell you right now, if it was a do-or-die game, I want Matt in there a little bit more than niece because niece is just, he's fragile. He, he breaks down. He, he gets on himself and he loses himself in the game. He, it's like he doesn't realize he's on a good team. <laughs> it, it does. It frustrates me. It reminds me, what was the lefty that they had? Glendon Rush. He, as soon as he got that red spot on his face, you know he was done. He'd get all flustered. And and that's kind of what happens with me. It's like if he gets doesn't get a call, I mean, you could get in that guy's head. And Matt seems a little bit stronger than that. Well, man, it's a hard thought because, you know, I, I hear you about um, having the three starters to kind of go up against and what that would feel like from the other direction. But, I mean, imagine imagine if you knew that they had two of them in the pen waiting for you. And you're still – you still have Harvey and DeGrom pitching the first two games. And then even if you're going up against Nice, I mean, you've got Matt, Syndergaard, and, um, and, and then also uh, the back end of our pen just sort of waiting. I mean, that's also very intimidating, I think. Yeah. 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 It's kind of clever. I mean, I, I like Matt in the pen. I definitely hear your point on the work. But I think G makes a good point too that you know number one the guy's dominant you know he's a power arm we really talked about the fact that when he playoffs and uh, I just think he's a guy that could go out there and you know he could be a Mike Scott kind of dominating player in the playoffs um, and you know I think Harvey and Degrom they're both going to pitch well but I think Thor could really just go crazy I don't want to waste any time. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, well, we're, we're going to win the world. You hate to lose a game without him. You know, you'd hate to say, "Geez, we had this guy in the pen. We were overthinking it." But mm-hmm. it's a good problem to have. It's a great. I mean, again, no time in Mets history did you ever have arms like this. You know, Generation K didn't come close to this, right? So these are these are once every ten year prospects coming up at the same time, and it's unreal. This is the best staff we've ever had. In, including yeah. the late 60s staff, easily. Yeah. Man, And I was totally wrong with Syndergaard. I, I wanted to trade Syndergaard for Tulewitzki at the beginning of the year. And I said, do it, because, you know, mm-hmm. the fortunes are so high. But he's performed way above my expectations. Not above everybody else, but for, for me, for sure. Uh, he's been amazing. Well, yeah, you know, he's been, he's been really good, but, I mean, he He's had a lot of learning curves, learning curve kind of games. I mean, it's not like he's been lights out every single time. I mean, he's 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 great. I mean, you can see what he's going to be, and I'm extremely excited to see this this five, the second half of next year. I I really am. But I, to me, Syndergaard is is, is kind of almost there, but he's still still learning a lot. So that's why I'm almost wondering if 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 you can make an argument. I mean, trust me, I'm not trying to compare Nisa's stuff or Nisa's uh, mentality to Syndergaard or anything like that, but I'm just talking about as far as trying to get a, a performance out of them that's steady. And, uh, you know, you, 
Syndergaard, it's all between the ears, man. And, and you've seen him get rattled occasionally. You'll see him just kind of get get his um, bearings together during a game. And I just wonder if he has no time to think. If perhaps the very first time he's in the playoffs, if he just comes out and just guns, you know what I mean? Maybe even not completely, but maybe just in like the first series or something. You know, maybe but maybe you do it matchup by matchup. But what killed it for you is watching DeGrom and Harvey because they're the anomalies. They didn't go through those bumps. And Syndergaard is progressing like every power, young, great arm where they have mm-hmm. the bumps and the bruises. And then you watch a game and go, this guy could throw a perfect game any day he wants. And so mm-hmm. we're just, we've been spoiled with those other two knuckleheads. We've been spoiled with them. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm not, I'm not, it, I'm not really saying this as a put down at all to uh, to him, or saying that he's not going to be something something special because of anything. I, I'm just saying that, you know, we're we're not talking about Syndergaard a year from now. We're talking about Syndergaard like literally right now, and whether you know whether you think he's immune to having those outings during you know <laughs> during the playoffs. I'm not I'm not quite sure if that's the case. I mean, again, I'm not. I might, if I if it was my call, which it's not. I mean, I might very well just start Syndergaard too. I'm just saying that it's it's. I think it's worth thinking about, just literally because of, because of that. Just because it's not, it isn't Degrom and it isn't Harvey. It, it's Syndergaard, and it is the guy that that took a little time. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, Nolan Ryan didn't start for us in '69, and he, uh, outside of Seaver, he was the best arm we had. Yeah, I mean. I, I'd like to see those three guys feeding off one another in the playoffs. So that, okay. I mean, that would be exciting for me. <laughs> well, um, all good, all good, guys. Um, well, you know, we're going to wrap up obviously pretty pretty soon. I mean, there's not a lot to discuss other than the pen going forward. I mean, is there anything that that at all that really worries you or that you have your eye on going forward as far as? Uh, the team and its ability to reach the finish line here. I mean, is there any anything you're looking at? I'm not really worried about anything. I just, you know, the really the worry I had was that when Terry Collins got into this position, that he would just kind of muck it up and start mm-hmm. messing around with the lineup and then do stupid mm-hmm. things. And you know, sometimes he'll do the occasional head scratcher, uh, but for the most part, he's stuck with a pretty steady rotation. I think he's actually, to give him credit, done a good job of uh, mixing and matching uh, the players to give them both, you know, rest, like with David Wright's payoff yesterday, um, and putting different positions in place like Murphy at first base would do. I think he's done it right. So, uh, you know, that's easy to do when you're winning. If we maybe lose three or four games in a row, then I kind of worry that Terry is going to be a panic button guy. But uh, other than that, you know, everything's firing on all cylinders. So that's where I am. What do you think, Gene? Anything at all? Are you just enjoying this? Well, I mean, Terry, Terry did a good thing by by proclaiming that the guys that hit would play, and he hasn't strayed from that, and and the guys have hit, and he, and like they said, it's not easy. To, oh my God! The to, greatest play ever just happened. Are you guys that watching? Happened the game? <laughs> that happened a long. That happened a long time ago. This is this is the Sports Center play of the day. But it happened a long time ago. Wait. <laughs> Off Torres' leg. Yeah. I got that in Florida five minutes ago. I might have a little delay here. Look at this play. I think yeah, you have a delay. I'm, already... <laughs> I'm in the commercials. Yeah, I'm in the commercials too, man. <laughs> what is, I think you're on the delay. That's, that's the greatest play I've ever seen. 
<laughs> it is one of the greatest plays. I didn't want to interrupt you. You were talking, but it hit off his foot and went to Murphy, and then he covered first after it hit off his foot. But that happened like 15 minutes ago, man. Yeah. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah. yeah, it happened a while ago. You were on a delay. I'm on a yeah, delay. you're on a it's severe the delay, dude. Hey, wow. did you see the the home run that o- that almost was? Did you get yeah, up to that I yet? Saw that part. Okay. All right, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna fast forward Actually, here. That's why you that's why you said something and you were way off with the timing. But but you know <laughs> the, the key the key. So they're starting getting now. You getting that, Dave? I'm, no, I'm yeah, watching over here, so oh, huh? don't ruin anything for me. I'm, I watched I watched it over the uh, internet, so that's why there's a oh, delay. Okay. Well, the internet is, is defying you. Um, but get, I mean, getting back to Terry, Terry is, it's easy to put the same lineup out there if they're all performing, but it's hard to mix guys in and, and, and he's figured out a way, like even with Kadire, you know, resting him and then the guy's hitting and, and, and and that's, that's tricky territory. It might be, and he's, and he's acknowledged this is the best bench he's ever had. Um, Frank Cordy's pushing. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm being distracted. Um, but, <laughs> He's got attitude but, all of a sudden, right? Like I'm a little nervous because going down the stretch, the bullpen it doesn't seem as secure as I'd like it. And so, um, Familia has had a couple bumps, and then getting to Clifford might be a little tough. And that's a legitimate mm. concern for me. That's it. Well, from my end, my only my only main concern here is trying to get these starters um, rest. Um, not not because I think that they need to conserve their innings for some sort of phantom injury protection where <laughs> you can't go over X amount or else. You know, I, n- n- absolutely not um, not that. But rather, um, I just think that these guys, since they haven't pitched very long, I mean, Harvey's never gone through a full year and also missed last year. And you have um, DeGrom has never been through this kind of grueling year before. I you know I just I just want to see them at their best in October when they're really putting on a show and they have to beat some good teams. So I I mean I would almost be in favor of if you if they get into September and this lead is pretty chunky, really being generous with Mats and with um, some of the other guys and just le- just kind of spreading out the wealth and and trying to skip a few starts here and there and just maybe getting them on a five day rhythm just like the last two weeks or something, just to kind of get into stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys, you know, if you're in favor of something like that or not. It's just a matter of, you know, I just worry about them being tired and then us not seeing the best of them. I mean, is that a concern for either of you at all or no? No, honestly, I mean, there's there's a lot of depth here. I think, you know, the September call-ups are coming up. There's a couple of off days in September. The schedule's fairly easy. I think the Mets clinch early. Really, everything, I don't want to jinx it, but, man, when you look at it, it's setting up perfectly for the run. That's why I think a lot of the pundits, if you're reading the international news, are like, man, you got to kind of take a look at the Mets. You know, it's it's very rare that the dominoes all fall just like the way they are. Uh, so I, I'm not concerned at all about that. And a lot of home games, hmm. too. A lot of home games in September. I don't know, Gene, any, am I, you think uh, it's unfounded? Well, I think because you're older. Right, so you worry about people and their strength, and these are twenty-year-old kids that are strong and crazy. So you get them to money baseball, you get them to money baseball, and these guys are going to go bananas. This is going to be, you know, no seriously. You watched Bumgarner last year. I mean, when Bumgarner goes in there, you're like, this guy is going to just. There's no way he can handle this, but it's money baseball. 
these guys have dreamed about this, and they have the talent to do it. I'm concerned yeah. with in all all of the arms. When you gave them the extra rest, they got a little shaky in their command. Though I like your idea down the stretch, the last few starts, getting them on a rotation. But at the end of the season, and again, if you go back to the old timers, these guys, when it comes to the playoffs, they're going to be so amped up, they're going to feel like it's not even part of the game. You know, it's not even they haven't played all year long. We would get tired. I'm going to get tired watching them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's what funny, though. You, you, you are definitely old, Nick. That is definitely a thing. You're just You're just too old. <laughs> Just grab some Bengay. You know, you should wait 15 minutes before you swim after you eat. And that's the tuition. None of my friends died from that. There's, you know, uh, it's older people that worry about that shit. It's true. It's like, you know, you're, it's like, you know, you guys are men. When you're just, like, doing normal stuff like cutting the lawn or, I don't know, chopping wood or whatever. Chopping lawn. Yeah. The old people are always, like, you know, very concerned, bringing you lemonade and yeah. Making you rest to find shade. You're like, I've been out here for like 20 minutes. So I don't need to rest. I'm back in four hours. Wait, you going to hydrate before you do the lawn? Oh, yes, I am. I'm 45. You know, when you're 20, you're like drinking coffee, mowing the lawn. Pack of luckies. <laughs> Wiping your brow. No, no shirt on to get your elderly neighbor all, all kind of hot and bothered, you know. When I'm I'm chopping you, love, baby you love that guy. You love that guy. Watch so me you. chop this baby. <laughs> but, well, but, my you know, my brow is perspiring so much. Are you dehydrated? <laughs> Sorry. Are you dehydrated? Do you need some some minerals? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I need yeah. electrolytes stat. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, but in all sincerity, I mean, if you mm-hmm. the bullpen, you do have to watch that bullpen, and that's but that's the ebb and flow of the season. But I mean, the other thing when Dave was talking about the team, and you're talking about there's 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 nobody on this team that you really just don't like, <laughs> you know? Like I always had Beltran in my pocket, like I just didn't like him. I didn't know we <laughs> And so I have nobody to say, you know, Flaherty maybe, oh, come on, man, send this guy on a bus somewhere. But there's nobody that you're like, he's not trying. I mean, they got mad at Daniel Murphy the other day. Really? I mean, (laughs) we get mad at Daniel Murphy, but you don't really have a guy that you just say is a douche. And that's fun to watch a team like that. Come on, we have to hate somebody. There's nobody to hate. All right, let's pick one. Yeah, we got to pick mm. one. Well, the ha- oh, man, birthday hat's gone. That was my guy. <laughs> I know. And dude is on a DL. Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, and I, I really, hate- I, I haven't, I never got to Hayden Kadire, you know. I know a lot of other people did, but I just, I never quite got there. Huh. I hate Anthony Rector's buttocks. Because <laughs> you're jealous. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my built. God. Oh, um, uh, I can't, I can't hate Wrecker. Wrecker, I'll tell you what. Um, I remember that thing earlier in the year. I have a um, friend of mine whose son, um, uh, younger younger child, got um, and thank God he's he's gotten over it. He's in remission, but he had he came down with leukemia. So it was kind of a thing where you know I was consorting, kind of rather chatting with the enemy, and, and Arod called him, and um, it was this kind of thing. But one thing that never really 
got out was uh, Anthony Recker also called him. <laughs> that was the Mets contribution. But uh, <laughs> the Yankees <laughs> deliver a rod, well. and the Mets, that's what the Mets do. But um, that, that being the case, though, I mean, the guy did take his time and stuff. So he's a, he's a good dude. He can't Anthony hit, Recker but... was like, Anthony Recker was like, hey, Luke, <laughs> nice to talk to you. <laughs> Uh, Dad, you Mr. Emia there. There you go. I think the uh, bullpen catcher just called me. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Anthony Dave who? Canella called. <laughs> the funny thing is the, the guy the guy invited the kid to to uh to a game to kind of go on the field and, and see visit the players and it's funny when when I heard that my only thought was yeah, but he's probably not going to be on this team very long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You invited him to Vegas. Game? Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> invited him to Vegas. <laughs> Meet Russ Langer. <laughs> yeah, my, my, uh, I had a similar experience with Todd Zeal. I wasn't a fan of Todd Zeal. I took my nephew, who's a little kid, tiny, to the yeah. first baseball game ever at the Marlins Stadium, and there's Todd Zeal playing catch. And I'm like, oh, Todd Zeal. Ah. And I was ranting and raving. And, and so he's walking up the field. He throws the ball to me and my nephew. I catch the ball. Favorite player from then on, Todd Zeal. That's the guy. <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I, I, had a, I had a similar experience with Jared from Subway. <laughs> well, I, mean, I can't talk about that. Here, sorry. <laughs> Five dollar foot long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I told you, I got one too. I, I, I'm my, uh, I have a cousin, and this, this isn't even a joke. I have a cousin from from Greece that came here, and uh, this was. Um, about 20 years ago or so, um, might have been a little bit more, um, but he had come here and I wanted to, you know, I thought it'd be fun to, to introduce him to somebody famous or somewhat famous. So um, we went to an, we went to the Cosby Show and introduced him to Bill Cosby. <laughs> nice. No. No. <laughs> Dead on, yeah. Uh, it sucks. I went to so many episodes of that. The because I, I live near it, and um, that's that. By the way, that that just stinks in general. Because he he was such a nice guy, like that. That just ugh. But yeah, so was, he wear, that, was he wearing one of those Cosby sweaters when you met him? <laughs> yeah, he actually was. You know, <laughs> I didn't know he wasn't wearing any underwear. But <laughs> oh man, I had so many cappuccinos with that guy. I forgot about it. <laughs> Uh, all right, all right, guys. Well, listen, our hour is up. Um, but call uh, it a night. Yeah, call it a night. But enjoy it, and we'll uh, we will uh, try to reconvene next week. We'll get Mr. Steve, and we'll see if he has got anything to complain about. Which uh, I don't know. I don't. I can't really think of anything that he would be complaining about. So no, um, he's probably thinking about another sport. Hello. <laughs> That's pretty much it Alright guys, well Have a wonderful night On behalf Of Dave Singer Gene Anthony Yo anus Yo anus And that Baz, wherever he is We are the cult of Personality Kindnesscorner.com Brainpoolsociety.com And we are in first place. See you next week, everybody.